I've had the pleasure of briefly playing alongside her back in the day. So now it's wicked to welcome you to Tall Poppy Talk. Jade, hello. How are you this morning? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm so excited to catch up. Um, it's been a hot minute and there's heaps I want to hear about and I want to talk about with everyone. Um, but obviously I know you as Jade, classmate, friend, all these things. And a lot of people know you as the rugby player. So how would you define yourself if we were going to leave rugby out of it? Celebrating success, learning from legends and growing poppies. This is Tall Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Jade Coates is an all-around athlete and an advocate for women's rugby. After a very successful high school sporting career, Jade took the step up from club rugby to reps in 2019 when debuting for the Waikato team as cap number 187. She's gone from strength to strength in the sport. Having played in France, New Zealand and Fiji, her momentum is only growing. She's a proud lock in the Fijiana Drua Rugby Union team who took home the title for the 2022 Super W Rugby season after defeating the four-time back-to-back New, New South Wales Waratahs. The Roost and Chicken Fijiana 15s team also set a world record this year at the Ocean 15s tournament with a phenomenal 152-0 win over Papua New Guinea. She's relentless in her pursuit of growing the presence of women's rugby for players in school and beyond as both a player and a coach, but most importantly, as an incredible teammate. And on the eve of the 2022 Women's World Cup, Jade sustained an ankle injury that ruled her out after what had been an incredible season. So now she's focusing on recovering, supporting her team, and putting herself in the best position for her inevitable return to the field. How would you define yourself if we were going to leave rugby out of it? What other hobbies and interests do you have? Um, I've been brought up on a farm my whole life, so I'm a real, like, country girl. Um, love the outdoors kind of person. Love my hunting and I'm um, just hiking. Last year I did 21 peaks in 2021 um, and it was just a place for me to, like, I don't know, step aside from my beer bit and it gives yeah. me, like, a bit of, you know, bit of me time, which is very important. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, love the outdoors, love keeping busy. Um, not your typical uh, Barbie doll girl, even though I've got the blonde hair with the eyes. Um, but, yeah, and I'm really family oriented. I love spending time with my family. I've got two little nephews that I adore a lot. It's a little bit biased, but, <laughs> yeah, love my family and friends and, yeah, just a real outdoor kind of girl. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And obviously a lot of outdoors, but I know growing up, you and your sisters were just amongst it, and that's when you kind of, started playing rugby but early schooling years there wasn't an option even when you came to high school there wasn't an option so I know you took the netball and very quickly became top tier in that sport can you talk us through how you got into rugby and I know you pioneered maybe Cambridge High's first sevens team just take us back to what got you into rugby I'm from a small little town called Matamata in New Zealand um and I guess, I don't know, rugby is such a huge sport in New Zealand, but always has just been for boys, really. Like, yeah. as a little kid, I, like, dreamt of playing for the All Blacks, but little did I know girls can't play for the All Blacks. <laughs> yeah, Black Ferns side. Um, so I went to Matamata Primary, and obviously my sister's older than me, and they went there, and 
my sister kind of got dragged into a lunchtime rugby match and um with the boys and she ended up just loving it and then I was like oh of course as a little sister I want to do everything my big sisters do <laughs> and so when I went to school they obviously asked me to play and I was like yeah of course I do like I thought it was a privilege to be asked to play rugby um and pretty much started from there a bit of barefoot rugby uh actually cold with frozen feet because back then didn't have boots um only girl on the team um absolutely loved it like I remember like you know little things you don't really think of getting your hair pulled and things like that by accident by the boys like um but it was cool the boys just treated me like another player and I I just really loved it so after my private school I um, went to a private school in Hamilton I was like yeah like this is gonna be awesome I'm gonna keep playing rugby this is my sport I got there and girls weren't allowed to play rugby and it was like a big no-no yeah. and I was just like what like I knew no different like rugby was my life already and so when I got there and girls weren't allowed to play I was like oh what am I gonna do like so obviously I kept playing netball but I'd never come across such a barrier like that like being told you couldn't play a sport because you're a girl like like flat out no yeah yeah it wasn't even like oh yeah maybe you could train with us or you know but like I was like, oh, wow. So, yeah, pretty much just sucked that one up um, and then carried on to Cambridge High School for my um, high school years. Um, got there and, like, there was no girls' team. There, was, there wasn't there was much there either. So I was like, nah, like, I knew that girls could play rugby and I was, I was going to, like, make, make something happen. So I obviously started the sevens up there with my sister. Um, we got it going. I was real lucky to have a teacher that was real keen to back us, which was cool because that's important, like, um, to have that support network. And I obviously had a bunch of girls like you guys that were like, yeah, we'll give it a go. <laughs> and so it was really cool because, like, it was a bunch of girls that just came together for for the love of sport, not necessarily rugby, but for the love of sport and were willing to give it a go. And it was so cool, like, the amount of growth um, us girls became on and off the field was pretty special. And yeah. I think it was a good turning point in my career to get back into my rugby and like I honestly wouldn't have been able to do it without a bunch of you girls keen to give it a go um and create numbers and then just actually ended up loving it so um it was pretty cool um had the opportunity to play a bit of 15s when I was at school for the Waikato under 18s and that's kind of where my pathway in 15s kind of took off um and then obviously leaving school and playing club rugby for Hamilton Old Boys, which I'm still a part of, um, which is a family club, so it means a lot to us. Um, and then, like you said, joining a bit of rep rugby in 2019 for Waikato Rugby. So my time to rugby career in New Zealand was, I was pretty lucky, to be honest. I had lots of opportunities as I got older. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of changed this year, really, in terms of my other rugby. Um I got the got a phone call randomly one day just asking oh like would you be keen to represent Fiji and I was kind of like at the time I hadn't really thought about it like you know as you know wow. me growing up feeling like I'm a real kicker girl like um and so when I heard that I was like oh like I always dreamt to represent either Fiji or New Zealand like as I got older because uh, my dad being Fijian it was always home to me still like yeah. and my family was important um and so yeah I kind of was an opportunity I didn't want to turn down and I joined the Fijiana drawer and we headed to Australia um and from there it's just kind of flowing on <laughs> it's just been an open door at the moment and I'm, I'm very grateful for it that's wicked and it 
I mean, I know from firsthand, it's your love of the sport that's made these opportunities, but also you work so hard across the board. You're one of those athletes that, I mean, a bunch of us, like you said, in high school did it because it was something we'd always seen the guys doing, right? Like you watched the All Blacks, but we hadn't had an opportunity to do it. And then, I mean, I'm into sport. So it's like, okay, here we go. And you were the same for those who were, you know, ripping. And then those of us who were just there to kind of maybe warm the bench and have a go when we could, but it was that same attitude across the board. And so I'm just wrapped that you've had the opportunities come, but you've made them happen for yourself. And oh, I just, I'm smiling. I'm so happy for you. And I found, I found this really, really cool quote about you um, on the, the game, the Papua New Guinea game. And you said, it is more than just a game to these girls. It's years of hard work and sacrifice. And this is history for us in a day we'll never forget. It's created a pathway for girls and women playing rugby. We've played for past players, present, future players, and our supporters. And this is the start of something only going up from here. It's like, you're a part of that. So I just have to ask and hard question, but what's the biggest thing you take away from being in maybe like all the environments, but in particular, the team you're in now, like what's the biggest thing you're learning from those around you? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, oh, like, obviously I've been a part of so many different teams, um, but they're all, you know, like, I guess most of them have been New Zealand based and we all come from a lot similar upbringing, but like, a, um, I guess we're pretty fortunate to live in New Zealand, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful country. Um, but no, like, I think going to Fiji, like, first I've had to sacrifice a lot, like, quitting my job and things like that to head over there um just because I wanted to chase that dream that to get to that pinnacle event um and rep Fiji but when I was first walked into the team I was so nervous like I obviously don't speak Fijian like understand bits but it's not my first language and like I didn't know anybody so when I first walked into camp oh. I was like nervous like um, but the girls were so welcoming, like, I don't know, people that go to Fiji, they'll be like, man, the Fijian people are so lovely, they're yeah. so kind, like, you know, the typical, like, they have very little, but they, they always have such a big heart, and that's one thing, like, I really learned being in that environment was, like, they have very little, and yet they, they will turn up every day, day in, day out, to, like, wear that jersey and, and to, like, give it their all, like, and that's why I think it's really special. Like, obviously, representing your country in any country means a lot. But I feel like the journey for those girls has been very tough, like, getting to there and to finally get to the point where people in Fiji support women playing rugby is, like, huge. Like, and I think just being in that environment, I just learned, like, to be grateful for, like, everything that you have. Like, don't take anything for advantage because there's always somebody worse off than you and, like, yeah I just think yeah New Zealand definitely very spoiled and like I would never take my experience back from being with Fiji and I love it it humbles me so much and yeah I I think it's something people will never understand unless they're a part of it yeah and do you think that's helped you obviously can you maybe explain a little bit the injury you sustained like your most recent injury and maybe how that mindset in the team has helped frame your approach to the whole thing yeah definitely like 
way back I got interviewed actually and, and someone asked me about like oh hoping to go to the World Cup and I was like yeah of course I am like that's why I'm here like there's there's that pinnacle event and I also said at that time was no matter no matter what team gets picked what girls get picked whether I'm in it or not I'll I'll just be proud to be a part of that journey and I know that that's the best team that's going to represent Fiji at the World Cup and and I think Obviously, when I found out about my injury, um, just in the training, obviously, the line-outs came down, landed on someone's foot and tore the ligaments and fractured a bit of the bone. Oh, my my world felt like it had just fallen apart right there and then. And I don't know, like, but it was only a split second and then I was like, no, I'm going to fight this. Like, I, I, no matter what, I'm going to go to that World Cup kind of thing. And as time came back and I got more reports back, it kind of wasn't really looking that good for me, but I stayed in camp the whole time um, and then got the news that I was ruled out. But I think going through the journey with the girls for so long and seeing every one of them work just as hard as me to be in that spot of um, position made it a lot easier because I knew I was leaving my position for someone that earned, earned it as well, someone that deserves it as well. Yeah. Um, and they're like my sisters, so I was, I was going to support the girls no matter what. And I think... Um, being grateful for even just having that opportunity to be in the team in the first place was something that I'll, I'll just treasure. And um, I don't think being injured took anything away from me, um, even though obviously didn't get to wear the jersey at the World Cup. I felt still part of it um, myself just because of how, how long I'd been with the team and, and the way circumstances kind of finished. But, um, yeah, I think... When, you, when you're part of a team for so long and, like, you see you go through the highs and lows together and, and even though you don't finish it, I think um, even the girls made me feel a part of the team and that was important. Yeah, that's wicked. It's You can't just have the team that's on the field be the best, right? Like, the fact you say you know they've worked as hard as you to get there. And I think that's a really special, unique team culture to know that, like, hey, whoever's going to be on there representing with the jersey on their back, like, that's the best and then whoever's on the bench is the best and then whoever's back home like everyone can filter in and that's what's making it so special because there's so many girls that missed out like earlier on and I still got the opportunity to be there so like it wasn't just playing for me I, I was I wanted to leave the jersey in a, in a position better than what I found it and leave a legacy and whoever wears that jersey will will just um lift it up even more so I think it's so true like the 32 that went to the World Cup, not necessarily other 32. There's a backbone to that team. Like there's there's still so many more that are part of that team or have been this during this journey that have put make that team the best team it, it has um, produced. I guess. Yeah. Oh, wicked. Um, I guess they're kind of like it's tricky when you have it, like you said, at least 32 who are insane, and then there's more feeding into that. Going back to maybe high school days. At what point, this always interests me, but when did you realize like, oh, yo, I'm pretty good? Like, you know, <laughs> when you, when suddenly you're like, oh, like I'm doing well and things are happening and I'm making teams or I'm making like starting, uh, like starting team. But when were you like, oh, no, I'm pretty good. And did that change your expectations moving forward at all? Um, To be honest, I kind of was like, as you know, pretty like humble um yeah. sports sports athlete at school like I love sport like that was what I did on my weekends my spare time like 
and kids will go out partying obviously I don't drink alcohol never have and so I always put I guess sport as a priority for me because I just loved it not necessarily because I wanted to be good at it or I wanted to go far in it but I just loved it I loved exercise I loved the team environment like that side of it so like like in all honesty like I was pretty lucky I always kind of made the top team like I know that sounds really like cliche like and I'm not trying to boast but like I was pretty lucky in the sense that I kind of like made made most teams that I, I trialed for or was a part of like and so I guess that's kind of bad to be honest when I was at school because it kind of like um you always had in your not in your head but like I'd never had that disappointment yet and it was probably early to have it better to have it earlier than to later in my career I guess like but then like the um, confidence you built like it's not that you were arrogant it's almost like ignorant but in a good way because you were just doing your thing like you were building confidence yeah. and not even realizing you were so that when you start every time you like got to a higher level and maybe you were introduced to it's not even like a barrier as much as like you suddenly were like whoa this isn't coming automatically like it used to you've had that yeah. confidence and you know you're good and you were doing it for the right reason so yeah, yeah. I like I obviously trained my butt off to to make those teams so it wasn't like I just winged it and made yeah. them um but yeah totally and so I guess probably when I was in high school and like made my first like under 18 team for 15 so I was like oh this is pretty cool like to make that next stage and growing up to us used to watch all the Mulu games as a kid like yeah. that was huge like I remember going to them and so like wearing the Wakato jersey was like I felt like the wearing like a Fiji or Black Ferns or like it was special and like so I was like oh wow like it's that feeling you get when you make something like that it just thrives and makes you like want to keep doing it I guess because you're getting rewarded for something that you've been working working hard for um and so I guess, yeah, like when I was probably near my end of my high school, I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, and then made FBC, which is um, the women's team. And I was like, oh, this is like. Um, and to be honest, I got a real taste of it when I was about 15 and was a part of the sevens team. Back yeah. when I was a lot better and faster. <laughs> um, um, and I was a part of the Waxhaw sevens team. And I was surrounded by some athletes that I absolutely idolised. I was like, whoa, like to be, to be involved with these people was like, like a dream come true like and so I guess even being a part of teams like that made me really like see wow there's a pathway and there's something I really want to do um so yeah I guess near the end of high school was probably a bit of an eye-opener that I was like yeah I really I really want to take it to the next level um but I guess after high school um my brother had an accident and and for me that made me realize like back then rugby was life. I did rugby, like rugby was everything. Um, and I knew no different. But when my brother had his accident, it kind of made me realise there's much more to life than rugby. Like yeah, I know that's but but like I guess when you're involved in it so much, you, you'll do anything to, to play rugby and and it made me realise, man, there's so much more life to rugby and that's when I started to like um not change the way I did things, but I was kinda like didn't put all my eggs in one basket because it was like I need to um make sure that I'm having me time family time like you know that sort of stuff yeah and you looked after and were really involved with your brother during that whole time so that 
yeah, the, the support in the family that I know you have only bolstered and like must have got stronger during that time. Definitely, like the two years that I was with him was like I'd never take back. Like it was the best two years ever, and like I'm very lucky to have a very supportive like connect like network with our family and friends. And to be honest his injury made me like he just inspired me so much like he's my rock like I just think like he has challenges every day and like we're just so grateful to have him and it makes me want to play harder for him like I just every time I sit on that field it's like I'm playing for him as well so it's pretty cool like he's so supportive of me he's like comes to my games when he can so it's pretty cool I love that it's like that first moment you said when you put the jersey on you're like whoa that sense of like pride real pride because you worked so hard and that was not the first time it's shown, but the first kind of like more significant time where you're like, whoa, all my work showed this. And now you just know like your family and friends are so proud of you and everything you've done. Like that's so special and um, kind of feeds my next question. Is like, what's your favorite part of a game or when you're heading into a game, like, is it seen or maybe knowing your family and friends are watching or is it like when you get that first tackle, what's your favorite part? Oh, like more recently, like um, man, the national anthem gets me every time. <laughs> like, yeah, I was. I never really like in New Zealand sung the New Zealand anthem for like uh, any FBC final, but like, like it, it's emotional. But like, you're not wearing an international jersey, and then, man, like it was my debut for Fijiana when we played against the Wallaroos in Australia. I like. The last time I had watched the Wallaroos was when they played the Black Foods, and that was their last test match. And I was in the crowd watching, and I was thinking, "Wow, these Whoa. like, <laughs> you know, like a Maori name sort of thing." And then next minute, I was standing like next to these guys, and we were about to play against them. And I was just like, "It was at Suncourt Stadium, which is like huge in yeah. Brisbane, like a massive stadium." My parents had flown over just to watch me debut, like. And I just stood there and, like, got the start, like, number four jersey and the national anthem off. Like, I'm, I don't really cry, but, man, I cry. Like, it was, like, a pretty, like, special moment. Every time I get to, like, sing that national anthem, whether it's, like, most recently, like, singing it back to my girls at the World Cup or, like, along with girls, it's, I guess it means so much more to me. So, like, starting a game like that is just, like, oh, like, it just it gives you a moment to really realise, like, everything, you know that you've gone through and everything like who you're representing who you're doing it for and just like yeah that's probably one moment I love in terms of the game like I love line outs like we can line out or like I get a nice clean line out I love that that's like it's something that I just like yeah, yeah. I enjoy <laughs> even though that I still love the line out well, I was gonna say even though it interests her, but like how do you focus again after like you say the national anthem you're feeling all these emotions Maybe you're looking at some teammates or like opponents. You're like, oh shit. Like I know I used to watch them like you were. How do you focus again? Oh, a hundred percent. It's like something that you had to learn to deal with, like flip the switch kind of thing. Like you embrace the moment, you feel it. And then literally like, it's like an automatic flip the switch and you're going to be in game mode. And like, like obviously I looked at a lot of the Australian girls and I was like, we had played against most of them through the super season. And then, so I kind of got to know them, but like, it was, I don't know, like when you play, you don't really look at who's, who you're playing against. Like obviously <clears throat> you still see who they are, but you kind of just focus on you and your team and like what you can control. But yeah, I think 
flicking that switch off the, off the anthem is probably one of the hardest things to do because you've just experienced every emotion in your body and then it's like now you're going to go out and bloody like try and smash people which is like complete opposite to what you just yeah. was experiencing like a minute ago um but I guess that's a part of being a professional like in a professional environment you've got to learn to do those things um that's even if you have stuff on going on off, off the field you got to switch it off and zone yeah. into the at the time and then deal with the after or whatever it is so I think the more you more you exposed to it the more you experience you get at it like at first I was like oh like and it took that first jackal or something to be like hey Jade it's game time like actually get hit. It. Yeah. yeah you're like oh yeah. okay okay that's a bit of reality check <laughs> but no nah, it, it's it's I guess I guess a part of the job uh, learning to deal with those things yeah Oh, wicked. That's, um, I have a lot of respect for the team sports where you actually have to focus and interact with others. I mean, rowing, just do the same thing as fast <laughs> as you can from like A to B. You don't really have to think a lot or look at other people. You just do your own thing. So that's always a huge curiosity of mine is like, how can you focus or you got to know, like read your other teammates and like know if this person does this or that. And so fitness. And like, you can switch in off the after the anthem or something, switch in the game. But four of your other teammates haven't quite switched in yet. So you've got to kind of like, it's, yeah. you're not just stuff. So it is, it is, it's funny you say that. Like, I guess uh, in the Fiji um, culture, everyone's, everyone knows that it's like Fiji time, a bit of like chilled, <laughs> laid back, island. Sometimes you're going to like, okay, switch in now, girls. <laughs> like, it's game time because sometimes they're a bit of the, you know, just oh yeah and then you're like okay actually we need to play rugby so it's funny right now yeah <laughs> yeah that's fair I didn't even again you have to think about other teammates and all of that stuff with team sport honestly so impressive because you you're reading people at the same time like you can know what you're doing like what's Jade up to where am I going to go but that's why all the hours of practice not only with yourself but with the teammates to be like oh shit I know when she turns this way she's about to I don't know, like do a step back or whatever it is. So, ah, oh, huge, huge mental game. So heaps of respect there. Um, obviously I have heaps of respect. Everyone does. And with all the success and positive stuff happening, what I kind of wanted to ask about now is tall poppy syndrome, right? It's, it's real. It, it happens whether it's subconscious or overt, but can you maybe describe how you, like what you think tall puppy syndrome is from your perspective and if you've ever come across it in your career? Yeah, um, I guess it sounds terrible, but for me, I feel like New Zealand's known for tall poppy syndrome. Like, I know that sounds terrible because it was such a, um, a good country in the sense that, like, you would never think something like that would happen. Um, yeah. But for me, I don't know what it was. Uh, it wasn't until I was at high school and my English teacher wrote in my book she wrote down on the back cover of my book tall poppy syndrome and I was like to her, oh like what's that she's like first off she told me I had it and then she goes search up what it was and at first I was kind of like I was like like it didn't sound great but it didn't sound bad so I was kind of like oh like okay so I like searched it up and and that was when I was first exposed to it like actually searching it up because I yeah. got told I had um and so I like uh, I, I searched it up and I was, I was shocked I was taken back to the fact that she said I had it because <laughs> I, I, I didn't think I did 
And it, to be honest, I think she misthought. I think she didn't actually know what it was herself. Yeah. And she thought she thought it was something else, and you know. Um. So that's when I was was first exposed to it. Um. But in terms of my career, like for me, it's something that like it's a little bit of jealousy. Like when people like if you try achieve highly or you're doing great things, others around you don't necessarily like it, and they'll they'll chop you down pretty much they, yeah my understanding kind of of it um um which is so sad because who you in, in your mind you think why, why would people do that um but that's life and that's humans that's, that's the way it is um but in terms of my career I probably like I have had moments of experiencing it um I guess I don't really I kind of keep my achievements to myself um it probably wasn't until this year where I kind of I guess made an, a name for myself in the game of Fiji rugby and that's when um I kind of was maybe exposed to it a little bit more um especially like one thing in, in my team I, I'm very different like not many of the girls look like me not many of them you know like I'm not your typical Fijian-looking person, so it's had its challenges and things like that. But um, I think it's a big issue in not just New Zealand, but in a lot of sports. Yeah. And it's not necessarily sports; it's any achievement. Like it could be something of just getting a job, like in in somebody else's, you know, jealous or doesn't doesn't think that you deserve it, or you know. Um, but definitely in in my sporting career. I, I've experienced it and, and it's it's sad really. It, yeah. it really is. It's the way I'm sort of trying to wrap my head around it and which is why I want to do this project is like even doing this project I'm really interested in it but part of me is like oh let's not like let's keep it to myself because I don't want it to go wrong or I don't want it to go well and people be like oh who does Grace think she is and that's all internal right? And yeah. I feel like a way maybe we can not even combat it, but rewire social thinking is instead of seeing successful people and being like, oh, you know, they don't deserve it. Instead, actually like listen to them, which is what I want to achieve. So it's like hearing you and all the training you did and how you were met with like schools, not even offering your sport. And so you advocated, you band together with your sister and support to make it happen. It's like, well, no, people who've, achieve really successful things and are making a name for themselves have worked really hard to do it so instead of just seeing that end result trying to like spread more conversation about like no they work really hard and these are the things you need to do sometimes to like achieve those things so I'm really hoping that we can kind of spread more positivity about it like hey you see someone doing well congratulate them be like oh that's wicked and if you're jealous maybe like look internally and be like oh why am I jealous about that and like I, I agree like I think a lot of people see the face of athletes and and the achievements only and they only see them as as a, like an achiever or what what they're doing but it's probably not till recently people started to open up about their stories and, and and what they've been through to get there or what they've overcome or I guess nobody knows that person really until they're, they're at that pinnacle stage of their like their peak and they're ever presenting at a high level or whatever it is and so uh, keyboard worries are the worst you know like yeah those people that maybe say their senses is, is 
are probably at home sitting on the couch never achieved anything in their life or well you know that they're not necessarily making effort to try and you know but they'll be the first to criticize somebody or cut them down when when they're achieving good and I think um, a lot of athletes do so well to deal with it um, because it's a lot more present and like you said not talked about all that much um, and being aware of it Um, but 100% spreading positivity around it like it's something we can easily filter out, but we haven't really done it yet, I guess. Like, like you think, man, that's such a, it's an easy fix, but it's not at the same time. Like, you know, I think it's, it's exciting though. I love that you're it's like, um, getting exposure around this and actually talking about it. Cause to be honest, I never talk about it. You just kind of hard enough. Yeah. You, you know, a little bit like you are, oh, like, obviously I talk to my support, like my family and stuff, but you, it's kind of one of those things if you, oh, well, you just have to deal with it and move on. But if we can create positive talk around it and, you know, like people can take a step back and not just spill words, but think about why they're spilling words and maybe why, like you said, they're jealous or maybe why they're, you know, feeling that way that might actually well improve things moving forward for athletes and high achievers I guess I love that yeah it's like let's hear what successful people are doing how they got there and then take it and push for yourself like have your own ambitions and if we can kind of be a little bit more loud about how proud we are about things I think it seems unusual at first eh? because you hear someone maybe like boasting about what they're doing and you think like oh they're boasting but they're not they're just proud and they want to share that with the people around them so it's kind of like we have to look at it like that like oh let's share the moment with them instead of maybe be jealous of it I like that um I only have a couple more questions gosh yeah. biggest like one <laughs> thanks yeah, um, okay injury can you give us a little update on where you're at what the future is looking like for you a little bit short term long term whatever yeah um so I obviously like I said tall ligaments and bit of a bone fracture in my ankle unfortunately it's a uh it's a bad ankle as you would know from school <laughs> so it's not the first time I've already had three surgeries on this ankle so it's it's the older uh, bung ankle but in terms of my rehab at the moment it's tracking really well I've uh, returned to running um I yeah physio each week um just the usual doing my rehab exercises I've really like really focused on fo- like getting my rehab right doing a lot of swimming biking running um yeah it's been good it's been tracking well um I also have exciting news that you're like probably one of the first that I've told properly I guess out loud but I'm actually heading to Japan this week um this weekend I, I got an opportunity to play over there for a couple months so what? that's kind of what's next for me at the moment gonna head over there yeah that is you so, keep quiet like for 45 minutes about that that is really cool oh wow congrats that's um <laughs> that's going to be an experience that is really really cool awesome yeah I did just to embrace the Japanese culture and be a part of the game and um yeah so I'll be based in Tokyo which is like I don't know everyone knows Tokyo so I'm kind of like as a kid I'm like oh yeah Tokyo now I'm going to be part of it like in that that city which is like whoa (laughs) little Kiwi girl little Fiji girl going to Tokyo (laughs) um but yeah so 
so that's kind of what's next for me in terms of um, the next couple of months. So um, that'll be to about Feb. And then after that, hopefully, um, for me, I'm in Fiji rugby for the long run. Like I really want to, I really want to play the World Cup and I really want to like be an advocate for the women's game and, and um, inspire young girls to play the game. So I'll head to hopefully to play Fijiana Drew again next year. And then obviously, um, Hopefully we, as a uh, Fiji under 15 team, we get some test, test games sometime next year and um, just to help build us um, for the next World Cup. I know that sounds crazy considering the World Cup's on at the moment, but... Um, it comes around boy, quick. It does. It's only three years to the next one. So, yeah, hopefully just um, be a part of that. And if, if there's opportunity, I can play a bit of club. And um, FBC in New Zealand, I would love to because... That's that's the roots. That's where it all started, and I always love love going back there. And it's, I'm proud to play in New Zealand as well. So it's kind of go with the flow sort of season. But for now, Japan's a definite, and yeah, that's next for me. So that I'm is excited. incredible. Like I said at the start, like it's your attitude and your effort that keeps these opportunities coming. And this is just another one. Like the things you're going to learn from that experience, and yeah, three years actually comes by pretty quick especially when you're prepping for something as pinnacle event as like world rugby so to get that new perspective come back I'm just wrapped for you that's going to be wicked I hope you get some good food good training it makes it make use of the food bit of shopping bit of you know you know gotta embrace that side of it for sure yeah the, the places the sport is taking you um Oh, I'm like beaming. I'm smiling so big from that. Um, okay, last question. This is this is a curveball, just out of curiosity. I've been asking people, okay, one meal for the rest of your life. Strictly can only eat this one thing. <laughs> yeah, what's it gonna be? Too much I love up and goes I even sitting right here. <laughs> but in terms of a meal, I'll uh, oh, a good one. I do miss really? up and goes. Up and goes. Oh, yeah. I miss those two every time I come up. I like live off these. Um, I think, I don't know. In Fiji, I loved the fruit. Like, I lived off, like, pineapple and like, all that sort of stuff. Oh, but in decent meal, I love pasta. Like, I'd yeah. obviously be training if I was eating pasta every day. But I love, like, a good, like, fettuccine or, like, you know, pasta, cream sauce, a bit of chicken, bacon, broccoli, that kind of, you know, a good pasta meal I could go to. And that's something I really miss when I'm overseas because, like, it's just a home-cooked meal from my mom is, like, the best. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a good one, actually. Like, mom does best when it comes to pasta, too. Oh, yeah. What's your, what would be your meal? What would be your go Okay, I, this is going to be so lame, but, like, porridge? I could eat porridge every single meal. Porridge with like yogurt, banana, berries. Oh. I'm thinking about like before racing, it can be a dessert breakfast, not really savory, but I'm I'm going with porridge. I, I love an overnight oats or porridge too for breakfast. That's a goodie. See, yeah. you're thinking, hard to think about it. <laughs> I went straight carb loaded. <laughs> Well, I figure like you don't play many rugby games in the morning, right? Like no, you have time to digest. No. Like rowing tends to be a morning sport, so I couldn't handle the pasta before that. <laughs> You'll be sinking the boat. 
Oh my gosh. Um, Jade, this has been the best. I'm so wrapped for Japan and what's to come after that. I'm hoping I'll catch one of your games sometime soon. So hi to your mom and your family for me. And just thank you for being on this today. No, thank you for having me. It's been a privilege and I can't wait to listen to and follow your little journey as well. And um, yeah, we definitely need to catch up soon. I miss you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Tall Poppy Talk. We'll see you next time. Feel free to check us out on socials, YouTube and the website. Thanks for today's guest.